Well, mm, um, to, to, to start off this episode, we'd like to mention that, uh, as is traditional at this point, um, this is episode 14, which means it will be the final episode of this season, season four. Um, we will be back at some point, probably, I'm guessing, after the holiday season, quote-unquote holiday season. <coughs> or when um, we get bored. Yeah, I mean, you know, I say this now, but of course we could be back next week because we're We'll probably get rowdy and do some, and do yeah. some Patreon episodes. I, I have some, <coughs> some, some outlines for Patreon episodes that I haven't been, uh, I haven't had the energy to fully complete yet, but they're in, in the works. You're going to bring um, them to full completion. I, I hope so, yeah. I've been working on some uh, that I An also have. An important part I, some, of our process is procrastinating. So, Like, that's our promise, right? We're not going to put, yeah. like, a whole lot of effort into this. Like, it's just going to happen. If it happens, it happens. Well, you know, listen, it's a very stressful time. Uh, perhaps the most stressful time of the, you know, in the life of the podcast, this is probably the most stressful the world has ever been. Well, I would say yeah. like this year. So like, you know, forgive us if we get done with work and then like, you know, don't want to do more work, but would rather, I don't know, watch train videos on YouTube as an example that I'm just pulling. Um, out of, just out of nowhere. Out of, yeah. No, there's no relation. Just to a big, a big four instance. For, yeah. As a, as a, as a rep, well, non-representative anyway. Um, well, when I come we to, did, when I come, when I come home and I just read the books and I read the manuals. That's yes. Uh, I'm reading um, "Hillbilly Elegy." Uh, no, I'm not. We'll get into that. Um, uh, we did post a uh, uh, our third pop off episode uh, entitled "Milk Tubes," which is currently available on the Patreon. Um, that was a very fun episode. I brought on special guests uh, Claire Bryant and Liz uh, to to propose to Aaron, who had no idea what was going on, our exciting new concept in the casual dining space, uh, the mall of food. Um, I still feel like I went on some sort of... Bongo, bongo, uh, they drink it in the Congo. Bongo, some, bongo. Some, some sort of, like, insane psychedelic journey. Clabe. <laughs> um, it's a very good episode uh, if you want to listen to it now you will need to go to the good stuff patreon patreon.com slash good stuff um, it will be made available to the general public at some point in the future but uh, I listened to it on the drive to and from therapy this week and I thought it was I thought it was quite good quite good <laughs> the, if I may the, the say to so to and from therapy <laughs> you know listen <laughs> A man's got to cope. Unfortunately <laughs> or fortunately, yeah. that is how it be. Uh, we'll be back. Um, you know, we won't leave you hanging. Aaron, would yeah. you like to talk about politics? Now more than ever. Well, that's too bad because we're going to talk about infrastructure. Straight in front of a tram. It's infrastructure week here on the No Idea program uh, because there was a lot of discourse this week about the Hyperloop. You, you, hear, you hear about the Hyperloop, the, the virgin Hyperloop? Andrew. <laughs> um, the, the virgin company, uh, Virgin Hyperloop, has uh, given... Not to first... be confused with the Chad company. Yeah, the, the Chad company. <laughs> Which we own and operate. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, the the Virgin Hyperloop company gave the first ride on its test track Sunday in Las Vegas. Um, basically, they put two people in one of their quote unquote pods uh, and sent them down this loop. Uh, I think it's only was like a 
I don't remember the length, but like less than a mile. And they got up to like 100 miles per hour. Um, there's video of the the passengers in it. It looks like a very bumpy ride. Um, I tweeted about this because 100 miles per hour is 10 miles per hour slower than I've been on an actual diesel train. <laughs> didn't um, they build? Didn't they build this? Isn't this like going a, along the 15 freeway in the Mojave Desert? Isn't that where the test track so, is? Or did they move it? Um, no, I think this is just a test track in somewhere in out in near Las Vegas. Um, the plan. Because the funny thing is, near Las Vegas, drive. I just I do that in my car. Right. Like, exactly. People the, are the just going down straight. the 15 freeway in a straight line, basically going 100 miles an hour. Um. Yeah. So this news broke, and people were pretty much dunking on it because, again, 100 miles per hour is not especially impressive. Um. One thing uh, that, you know, well, I got into it on Twitter. I, I decided to do some posting and you were not yet <laughs> awake to stop me from doing it. Um, because It's what, funny because I woke up to you saying like, uh oh, I have done a discourse. Yeah. <laughs> I've done a discourse. and I, But like also two other people like, uh, oh, man, Andrew's going off. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just was like, all right. Cracking my joints, getting ready to hop well, onto the post. Someone, train. someone has posted one of these, you know, the Virgin versus the Chad memes with the Virgin Hyperloop versus the Chad Bullet Train, and a, yeah. a Twitter rando uh, replied, "Hyperloop will save more energy, travel faster, be cheaper to build. Yes, it is still a version. Yes, it is yet to be mature." Um, and I replied, "Building thousands of miles of tube that have to be constantly kept at near vacuum is not going to be cheaper than slapping some rails down and stringing up some wire." Um, if you may recall, we talked a little bit about the Hyperloop in the episode about high-speed rail in the yeah. U.S. and um, how it's <clears throat> it's just kind of nonsense. Um, this guy, uh, though, very much drank the Kool-Aid and, and was uh, he's like, "Well, it's far from a vacuum. Um, it's it's one one thousandth the pressure of the atmosphere," and it's like that's pretty much a vacuum but cool um anyway it, it was an interesting thing where i made points and he sort of moved swiftly past them without acknowledging them um very bizarre conversation um i i found out that the source for all of his claims was the original hyperloop proposal document from tesla and elon musk um which is a remarkable document so the you know the hyperloop was sort of theorized originally or branded as such <laughs> by Elon Musk it's not actually yeah. a new idea it's a rebranding of a concept called vac trains which is basically like what if we did the pneumatic tubes at banks but put people in them um and it turns out that this is not a particularly great idea because um the thing about evacuating a tube um it well it entails a lot of issues and there's a there's a link in the in the show notes to the biggest challenges that stand in the way of the hyperloop um one is that um when you when you uh, uh you know suck all the air out of something and there's a vacuum the structure of that thing that you've evacuated needs to be strong enough to resist the pressure of the atmosphere <laughs> which right. means it has to be extremely strong and also means um you know at the kind of extremely low pressure that the hyperloop pods would be operating in within the tube that like even the smallest leak would cause um like explosive decompression the, the tube would basically implode if there's right. a leak um and there's a great video that they include in this um in this article that shows a railroad tank car that has a vacuum pulled on it until it just spontaneously implodes um which is the sort of thing you could expect to happen to a hyperloop tube um in the event that they don't build it exactly perfectly um basically it would have to be an extremely thick tube um 
uh, you know, to be able to withstand the pressure. Extremely um, thick tube. The other thing is that if air does get in, it will accelerate mm-hmm. the capsules within the tube, um, probably beyond their braking capability. So enjoy crashing into other Hyperloop pods at high speed. Um, also, the Hyperloop pods um, are meant to use like um, sort of jet turbine blades at the front as compressor as compressors. I don't know if you know a whole lot about jet engines and turbine blades, but they they break a lot, and when yeah. they break. They're, because they're spinning at high speed, those pieces of those turbine blades go everywhere, which is less of a problem when you're in the air because <laughs> there's you know air for it to go into. But when you're inside of a tube, it's kind of a concern. Yeah, um, don't want things to break off when you're inside a thick tube. Especially because the the turbine is at the front of the pod versus you know on a jet engine or, or you know on a jet airplane where it's on the sides, you know, on the wings. So it's literally yeah. going to go directly into the into the pod and into the tube. Um, I also brought up the fact of like, okay, this is a, a a tube in which there is a vacuum. What if you needed to exit the pod in an emergency for some reason? Where do you go? Do you leave the pod and go into the tube <laughs> and then just die from asphyxiation? Like, are there... Are there are there door emergency doors in the tube? Because that's a bad idea. Because the moment you would open one, it would just fling back immediately, and you would be killed by the pressurization. Like this is just it, it's silly. And as we've discussed, um, you know there exist uh, there exist solutions for this kind of thing already um, that are fast enough. Um, this is the thing, you know the 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 people who hype the hyperloop. Um, if I may say so, um, they like to say, oh, well, you know, um, it's faster and it's also going to be cheaper to build. And I wouldn't mind if they just said like if your whole argument was, well, listen, it's way faster than like trains and as fast as aircraft, because that is correct in saying so. But to then say, oh, but it's also going to be cheaper to build is plainly ridiculous. And, you know, it's like <laughs> you make good arguments, you know. Yeah, um, it's it's a it's a fun idea. You know, no one's saying it's not. It's the sort but, of thing I feel like you'd ride at Epcot, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where it's like a short distance and it's like Yeah. <laughs> very included, a lot less I've, risk. I've included two links to two articles, one from Defector and one from Discourse. The one from Defector is entitled uh Virgin Hyperloop has invented the world's crappiest high speed rail. Um, uh, it notes that a uh, steam locomotive hit 126 miles per hour in England in the year 1938. Um, also, diesel trains were routinely traveling 100 miles per hour around that time as well. So um, this thing's got a long way to go because, um, as we've mentioned, Japan's high-speed network, which started operation in 1964, um, was already doing like 150 miles per hour back then. So they got a lot of catching up to do. Um you know, it's the thing that I thought was is is quite wishful thinking um, in the original Hyperloop document was like one of the arguments for why it's cheaper is because, well, firstly, they compare it to the California high speed rail and they say, well, look how expensive the California high speed rail is. But they say we're going to be cheaper because we're going to build it. We're going to build the Hyperloop tubes like along I-5 or is it I-5 mm-hmm. or I-10, the one that goes north south in California. Is that I-10? Uh, That's, or is that I-5? I think they're, they're talking I-5. about the I-5. I mean, they both yeah. do, but the I-5 is what they're talking about. Right, from from Los Angeles to San Francisco. I think that's... Yeah. And so they're like, well, so we don't have to buy land then because we're just, it's just going to be over top of I-5. And it's like, do you think the state is just going to like let you do that for free? <laughs> <laughs> 
And also they acknowledge that there's points where they will have to bend outside of I-5 to keep their, you know, because the, the, the uh, uh, highway bends too sharply in some places. Um, they sort of hand wave this stuff. Um, and then I was also pointed to a chart in that um, document that illustrates that, listen, Hyperloop uses way less energy than high-speed rail. Um, and said graph was basically a graph that I could have made in Excel. It had no calculations or references for it, so I have literally no idea how they calculated those numbers <laughs> at all. Um, yeah. I was like, this is not meaningful. Like, I can also go into Excel and make a bar chart, you know? <laughs> It's just like, you know, why, why, why do you, why are you reading this document and sort of uncritically and just believe being like, oh yeah, I, I believe all of it. it. It makes a lot of sense, uh, and there's no problems. Uh, you know, <clears throat> there's nothing, nothing to question here. Um, that's just like the 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 Elon Musk brainworms. Listen, I had the Elon Musk brainworms at at one point, but like, mm. you know, under more scrutiny, it becomes very clear that well yes at one point i was told that i was just like the people who said that reusable rockets couldn't happen and i was like i don't have an opinion on that either way <laughs> they can they can happen yeah you know so um yeah at one point the person i was arguing on twitter with was like may the best system win and i wanted to be like it already has <laughs> It's not a matter of this it's is the thing of people proving the technology of high speed rail. It's a matter of you know getting the shovels out. <laughs> it's there's like this theoretical engineering versus practical engineering, mm -hmm. and like um, the political every 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 discussion about this is done outside the point of the politics that goes around it. Like whatever's going to flourish is going to be what those people in power, uh, yeah, facilitate. Do you know what I mean? Like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you you can't like make a qualitative judgment about a technology merely based on what's adopted and what's not. Yeah. Um, and there's, but a, I there's mean, a great video that do not eat did uh, on YouTube, uh, which is not about the hyperloop, but is about the, uh, the boring tunnel, the boring company yeah. tunnel plans, which are, <laughs> it's a pretty funny video. <laughs> um, yeah. And he talks about AM, FM, AM being actual machines and FM being fucking magic and sort of, you know, which, which the, which of the categories these sort of solutions fall into. Yeah. It's basically the way I see it is, you know, this original document that I was pointed to that was apparently written by Elon himself is like, you know, blue sky solutioneering kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then you hand it to the engineers who go, well, this isn't how any of this works at all. Like, you know, <laughs> th there are practical considerations, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting. It's, you also you, know, you can you can draw a line with a crayon on a map and say, we're going to put it right here. But that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> As somebody who works in a technical field inside of a other organization, yeah, you know, I work in IT organization. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 like this is the stuff I face every day. Right. Like someone comes up with an idea and they're like, OK, we'll and do this. And it's you're like, always the, um, uh, you're always the party pooper. I'm always the party pooper. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And if I'm not, then I'm lying. You know what I mean? And right. I mean, that's like a great way to get ahead in life, I guess. But it's not um, a great way to actually accomplish material things. Right. <laughs> 
Well, straight in front of a tram. Yeah. What about this uh, Brent uh, Brent okay. Spence yeah, bridge? Yeah. So this is this is news from uh, uh, my hometown, um, and this is sort of in the uh, you know the we we've complained previously that we just don't maintain infrastructure anymore. Um, and yeah. this is uh, so th- there is a bridge in Cincinnati between Cincinnati and Kentucky called the Brent Spence Bridge, and it carries I seventy one and I seventy five. I think it is the most heavily trafficked crossing of I-75 with the exception of the Ambassador Bridge up here between Canada and Detroit. Um, But it's a a big main thoroughfare, one of the main north-south thoroughfares for the country, like on Mm -hmm. this side of the country. Um, And so basically two interstates are merged into one and then made to go across uh, four lanes both directions of this bridge that was built 56 years ago. Um, This bridge was declared functionally obsolete in 1985, and it regularly carries four times as many vehicles as it is designed to carry. It's been structurally deficient for like two decades. They've been talking about needing to replace it. Um, Well, what happened this week was that two trucks collided on the bridge and caught fire. Uh, And the bridge... The bridge has since been closed. I believe as of this morning, they've reopened one lane on the bridge um, for local traffic. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, as a result of the closure, they've actually closed um, the highway across the bridge for through traffic. Um, You have to detour around 275, which is the orbital freeway around uh, Cincinnati, which takes a five-minute trip and turns it into a 45-minute trip. Um, And also, they have stopped uh, boat and barge traffic on the river as well, or at least did so temporarily. Um, Well, to be fair, who could have anticipated automobile accidents? Right. Um, And uh, Kentucky, which owns the bridge because Kentucky uh, owns the river um, through quirks of, you know, uh, state establishment, things like that, has said that it may take months to repair the bridge. Um, So it's great. We love it. Um, They might finally have to actually replace the bridge now. They've been they've been arguing about that because it, you know, in addition to the sort of normal infrastructure problems that a, 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 a bridge like this would have. Um, you know, it also has to deal with the fact that it's between two states, Ohio and Kentucky, that have to coordinate. Um, and then there's also the problem of, um, like I say, 71 and 75 merge to go over the bridge, and they've been trying to figure out how to undo that because it turns out it was a really bad idea, and they haven't figured out how to undo that yet. So um, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to solve it or if they're just going to like patch up the bridge and be like, yeah, it's fine. But every time I drive over the bridge, I'm like, is it going to collapse today or what? Um, (laughs) it's just funny because it's like the same people who are like, uh, you know, I don't want to have to pay taxes. I don't want to like, it's like, well, how do you think we built this stuff? How do you think we maintain this stuff? Mm -hmm. It's just in, in, in my local, I mean, not sorry to derail here, but like, my local local town put a one percent sales tax increase on the ballot, and like and like this is this is a very conservative town, and the 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 town council's conservative, but they like basically rationally explained like, look, without this increase, like we haven't had a tax increase since like the eighties, um, mm-hmm. and our revenue is not gonna be able to catch up. We're gonna have to close down a lot of crap, and the town voted. No, sixty six percent to this tax, and it and so it failed. And now they're like, okay, we're closing down the swimming pools, we're closing down rec sports, we're clo- like all this stuff. And everyone's just like, what's going on? Everything's <laughs> shutting down. Doing the Pikachu face. What? Yeah. Why? 
So like, I don't know. It's the same thing. It's like, why cannot people make this connection? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, you have this bridge. It is basically a single point of failure. It has failed. So in the meantime, um, you either have to get on 275 and go all the way around to 75, or you can take 275 to 471, take the 471 bridge across and then get back onto 71 um, or take the surface streets. Um, there are three surface street bridges in uh, uh, Cincinnati. <laughs> Um, there's the the Taylor Southgate Bridge, the Clay Wade Bailey Bridge, and the John A. Roebling Suspension Bridge, which had to be closed this week because trucks were using it. Um, the John A. Roebling Suspension Bridge uh, is a historic suspension bridge, um, which was built. Uh, I have to look it up again. Um, Trucks were using a bridge that was built in 1866. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and so they closed the bridge and they were like, stop it. You're going to destroy this bridge too. Uh, they've apparently since reopened the bridge to traffic, uh, you know, making sure that no trucks are able to cross. Um, but uh, yeah, it's great. Um, we're putting even more stress on an extremely old bridge now as a result of this. So I'm sure it's everything's going to work out just fine. Love to live in a failed state. This is uh, great. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, but the good literally since I've been born, you know, uh, some of my <laughs> like as long as I can remember, they've been talking about, oh, we really need to replace this bridge. You know, it's structurally deficient. And after the bridge in uh, Minneapolis failed several years ago, like a decade ago, remember that one? Yeah, that one just fell down. They're like, oh, well, we better get to work replacing this one. And then they've just like not been able to do it because I think both both Ohio and Kentucky have like paralyzed state governments in terms of, you know, being Republican controlled and hashtag, spend money on just- anything. Just millennial things like yeah. this is this is like whenever people are like, oh, well, why are millennials like disenfranchised? Why do they not trust in capitalism or democracy? Like what? It's like yeah. <laughs> this is a perfect example. Just yeah, this like, bridge what, you've well, watched rot the, your whole the life. The highway bridge you built uh, 56 years ago is closed. And now I have to drive the two lane narrow suspension bridge that was designed and built before cars existed. <laughs> do they do you do you all still have wooden bridges? Because like I, one of the we wildest do, do things have some wooden bridges yeah. in in Oklahoma is like how many. So like the weird a weird fact about Oklahoma is that it has. If you count all of their creeks and streams and rivers, Oklahoma has more shoreline than the state of Florida. Yeah, yeah. Because there's just so many little creeks and streams and crisscrossing everywhere. And there's like all of these old wooden bridges that are basically like two railroad ties going across a ravine with like wood boards and you just drive on them. Yeah. And it's insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm like people this is people still do live like this in the yeah. United States? The yep. the roadbed of the Roebling suspension bridge is like it's not paved because that would be too heavy for the bridge. It's like a wire <laughs> net mesh basically. Oh my god. It's like a metal mesh. So when you drive across it it's very loud cuz it's like <laughs> But it's yeah. I mean you can if you if you roll down your window and look out you can see through the bridge cuz it's not a solid, you know, like piece. <laughs> I think the roadbed of the bridge was originally wood and they were like, well, that's not going to work. So they- And yet my friend who lives in Tokyo was, is posting Instagram stories about uh, the, the robot um, that mows their lawn. 
There's just yeah, like a right. there's just a mech <laughs> robot walking around mowing their lawns, and yet this is what we live like in the United States. The, the uh, future is unevenly distributed, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, but good news, we're about to leapfrog because uh, oh, in Orlando, great. we're building flying, we're doing flying cars. Oh. <laughs> flying car is a famously realistic and practical form of transportation. It's called they're they're building in Orlando a vertiport. Okay. <laughs> just scheduled to be that's completed. Just a, a fancy word for heliport, you know. In five in five years, uh granted more than eight hundred thousand in potential uh, tax rebates to Lilium, a German aviation company. Um this but is it's big <laughs> You know, like, oh, we're calling it a vertiport. And it's like, uh, what? Um, it, my whole thing was that, like, I think the reason the Hyperloop sounds interesting is because they basically took an old concept, VAC trains, and gave it a, a new name. And they call, instead of calling it a train, they call them pods or whatever. I'm like, what if we just start calling high speed rail something different and we, like, call the trains pods instead? <laughs> It's just a problem of branding. The best they have to thing make is it sound new and interesting. They're building. They're building this 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 vertiport for these flying taxis that this German company is supposed to be making that mm. aren't that don't exist yet. Right. So yeah, they're building. They, they have a prototype. <laughs> five a five seater prototype. So we're literally gonna. We've learned nothing about density and the need to stuff more people into less space. We're just gonna. Well, it's gonna I mean, be, what could go wrong throwing more things flying through the air? It's not. Yeah, it, it I mean, seems fine. It famously, we know that air traffic controlling is like a very easy, uncomplicated job. Yeah, it's um, not stressful at all. It's, the, it's, the not, planes, it's definitely not amongst the most stressful uh, <laughs> professions in the world. <laughs> Yeah, so let's just throw some, a lot more small aircraft buzzing around. Um, the, you know, the only thing that I can think of here is that the FAA is actually something of like a, a, a relatively strong regulator compared to, you know, like the NHTSA or something, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> so they might just be like, no, this is a very dumb and bad idea. <laughs> or, well, or they'll just they'll just put as many restrictions on it to make it, you know, uh, not any more practical than flying already is. So the FAA said the agency is in preliminary stages of working with these applicants and will continue to engage with them as they work to meet certification standards. So like they're <laughs> which, building which this. Sounds like we've received their letter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're just like ship it. Let's do it. Let's yeah. go. Send it. Full send. Build aye, this aye, thing. Aye. Um, it's, I don't, it's real dumb. I don't want to talk about infrastructure anymore. I'm sad. People, people are dying. You know, Straight it's like the tram. Yeah. It's this Tom from the Chapo FYM, the streamer guy, his tweet that I just is cracking me up applies to this. I have forgotten completely about the deadly virus ravaging our world and I'm getting back to a normal life <laughs> with a <laughs> space and then an exclamation mark. Like, <laughs> yes, let's build, let's build vertiports. Uh, not, not literally nothing else we could be throwing our money at. That's yeah. for sure. It's great. I, <laughs> I see no problems. Guaranteed to get it. <laughs> oh. uh, now, Aaron, uh, let me, <clears throat> let me talk to you about something here. Uh, oh, yes. I'm just a simple, uh, uh, Yale graduate from Middletown, Ohio. Uh, we is are, that course, you, JD? 
<laughs> is that you, Juris Doctorate uh, Jur- Vance? Juris Doctor Vance. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, a man who I was fortunate to not even know existed until this week, because um, I apparently you did not know about him. Discor- discourse. How did you not know yeah, about yeah. it? Oh my gosh! A man You're named- so blessed. A man named James David Vance uh, wrote a book in 2016 entitled Hillbilly Elegy, um, and that has been... Uh, Living uh, that has, in the hillbilly. <laughs> that has been in uh, translated into a, uh, a motion picture for Netflix by uh, the director Ron Howard. Um, apparently, it's quite bad. The reviews of it are, are scathing. It's just total Oscar bait. Um, yeah. You know, you um, get attractive people, make them look ugly and trashy. Yeah. That Amy Adams great, has been trying to do this forever. <laughs> yeah, there is a great Citations Needed podcast episode that has both the two hosts of Citations Needed, Nima Shirazi and Adam Johnson, and also has two of the hosts of um, one of our favorite programs, the Trillbilly Workers Party. Um, they're down in, uh, you know, the deep of eastern Kentucky, and they talk about, um, you know, hillbilly elegy and the sort of ideology behind it and things like that. Um, I don't want to rehash that. It's very good. You should listen to it. It's not particularly yeah. long. Um, what galls me is, you know, so Hillbilly Elegy is nominally a, a book, a, a sort of a memoir about the Appalachian values of like his family in Kentucky, as well as the social problems of his hometown, uh, which is Middletown, Ohio. And uh, my hometown uh, was not technically Middletown, Ohio, but our postal address was Middletown, Ohio, because we lived about 15 miles from Middletown, Ohio. Um, and, and all I want to say is this, I forbid a man from Middletown, Ohio to, to speak on the conditions of East, you know, like Kentucky and Appalachia. Um, he has as much, I feel like he has as much experience, you know, like visiting Kentucky and knowing about it as I do going to Lake Cumberland some summers. Like I feel as qualified to speak on this as he do. Like I can well, go maybe down there and talk can... about the social rot and how everybody down there has no teeth and smokes a lot and be like, it really says something about their values. Their values. <laughs> their condition must be tied to their yeah. degeneracy. I mean, the one thing I think we should mention is J.D. Vance is a fellow at the American Enterprise Institute, a uh, you know right-wing think tank. Um, so you can draw your own conclusions there. And a venture capitalist. <laughs> Apparently, I'm just reading his uh, personal life section on Wikipedia. It says, in August 2019, Vance converted to Catholicism in a baptism ceremony attended by various conservatives, including Rod Dreher. Oh, we love it. Oh, whoa. We what? love it. <laughs> oh, he's one of those Amy I, Kobe, I, Kobe Bryant's, uh, Amy exactly, Kobe Barrett, yes, yeah. uh, the weird people that flagellate themselves probably, huh? Right. What's that weird cult inside the Catholic Church called? Um, oh, uh, Opus Dei. Uh, Opus Dei. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) the first Um, the first Opus Dei hillbilly, you know, this whole book, it was it was uh, embraced by conservatives, you know, because it's like, you know, uh, it's like, oh, you know, the problems with with, um, you know, there's no systemic issues. It's just that like the hillbillies, you know, they don't have the work ethic or whatever, that kind of thing, which, you know, conservatives love that kind of thing because they can go, oh, well, we need to, uh, you know, cut welfare and whatever in in order to encourage. Alas, there's nothing we can do. Yeah, you know, like we can just rub our hands in consternation uh, and continue uh, to exploit them. Vance credits his Yale contract law professor Amy Chua as the authorial godmother of the book. (laughs) Amy Chua, the uh, tiger mom. Just a, a stupendous cast of characters involved in the creation of this cultural property. I didn't. I didn't put it this week. Um. 
but something I've been thinking about, and I forgot to put it in the show notes, but Dopest here it day. comes. It's like there's this new thing that that like I realized you can just look people up. Like Oh yeah. Anytime you see like a really dumb post or like a uh, dumb buddy, buddy op-ed, are we gonna get into that? <laughs> or 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 a bad opinion, you can just look them up. Like this week, uh, you know, I I I displayed that when Andrew sent me uh some dumb take. A, t- a uh, take from, that we will be discussing later in the program. Yeah. But I just like my first instinct now, anytime Literally I see some new do, person with a dumb to take. Bio. <laughs> yeah. But then it's like, oh, let's dig a little deeper. Let's look them all on Wikipedia. Let's look at and it's just like, oh, okay, that's why this person's this way. But mm-hmm. and I don't wanna mm-hmm. spoilers for the rest of the episode. But yeah. um anyway. Yeah, well, I think you're officially a hillbilly, and that oh. makes us a like half in a, a hillbilly intersectional podcast. Well, I think, you know, in the same way that I'm a hillbilly sort of by nature of visiting Kentucky a lot, I think you are also an Okie by nature of having been to Oklahoma right. for a significant period of time. Right. Well, I yeah. mean, my my, uh, listen, my grandparents I came from there. I understand the so. people there. Yeah, uh, I deeply, understand deeply. the intergenerational trauma, the transgenerational trauma <laughs> of, uh, of uh, eating, eat, surviving solely on biscuits and gravy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you know, speak- I do love biscuits and gravy. <laughs> they are pretty good. If you want to hear more about biscuits and gravy, tune in to our special Patreon bonus episode. <laughs> I still feel like I was a fever dream. Like I can't quite <laughs> comprehend what happened. <laughs> you had so many good because all I told you for that episode was like, just be prepared to shuck and jive. Like, just yeah, be prepared I had to yes no and insight and into you, what was going to happen. Did such a great job. Like you're re- like. Because there were things where I was saying something and I'm like, I, the only thing Aaron's going to be able to say in response to this is like, uh, okay, or like, huh. But you were so good at punching it up because there was a point where we proposed, this is a little this is a little spoiler, we proposed a cheesecake factory where it's literally a factory of cheesecake and you simply replied, that's better. <laughs> Which is it maybe is. my favorite moment in the entire episode. It is. It's true. <laughs> it's just, that's what I actually want what, from the cheesecake, the cheesecake Factory. I'm disappointed that there's not like a carousel conveyor belt of cheesecake being manufactured. Just bring the cheesecake to me. How, why is this so hard? Uh, um, I've been wondering. I'm, I'm, I don't like being complimented, so I'm going to quickly oh, sure, uh, move toward talking about your chair. <laughs> Um, it's the end of the season, you know. I feel like mm. we gotta we gotta tie up all the loose Go ends. Ahead, and this sir, is you a, had a question. Yeah, yeah. How 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 is it? How is it going? Your, your uh, third third weekend, I believe. Second. Yes, I love it. It's a great chair. Well, so the, here's here's what I'll say about my chair. I don't. I haven't thought about it very much. And as you know, with my That's previous chair, I was thinking about it a lot because it was problematic. But this chair, yeah, is fine. Um, you know, there is a downside to the sort of mesh bottom and back chair, which is that in the wintertime, it's a little chilly, but that is remedied easily with oh, a blanket. Man. So, you know, we love it. Would rather it be, um, you know, too cold than too hot because there's not much you can do about it being too hot to sit on, you know? Yeah, yeah. that that's that's true. Yeah. Um, you, you, you know, you can always... Yeah. You can always wear your flannel pants, your gusseted flannel yes, pants. Yes, exactly. Yes. Which I've ordered more of this week. Um because you know nice i'm i'm a i'm i'm a conspicuous consumer i love purchasing it's things finally cooling what down is the charge? <laughs> <laughs> today the high is gonna be uh 69 nice uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you know the rest yeah. of the week it's like in the 70s but it gets in the 30s and 40s it, at night 
Uh, so, so today our high is 45. This morning I went to get breakfast from the Starbucks company and it was 28 degrees, uh, which is Ooh. cold enough for my engine to turn on. So it is cold here. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Firm, firmly we finally, in the cold. We finally switched back to not we having did, reversed yeah. climates. Yeah. Which and is you know what? Weirdest. I'm not sure that I'm entire, you know, I don't, I don't know how, how, I don't know if I like it. I don't know if, Come on, man. I don't know if I like it. <laughs> no, you know what? You can keep it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> The Speaking but it's of, soup season. It's it soup season. Soup season. <laughs> soup season. Um, that means I'm I'm finally making soup. I've been waiting so long. I've wanted to make so many soups. I just I literally this is I'm this is why I'm broken as a human being because mm. I I don't sit down I don't lay down in bed at night and think about my accomplishments of the day. Mm. I don't think about my hopes and dreams for tomorrow. I think about making soups. I think yeah. about what 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 am I going to do? Thinking, what thinking soups of all can I the make? soups that could have been. Literally going in through in my head step by step what I'm going to do to make soup a soup and ask why and I look at soup and ask why not. Yeah. And you know, enchilada will never stop because yeah. I'm so happy. I, I'm I'm making I made pozole. Mm-hmm. Pozole, for those of you who don't know, is a Mexican. I like a big bowl of pozole. I like a big bowl of pozole. Um, it's what it's, if a Mexican was Italian? <laughs> <laughs> it says the main ingredient. I like here a big bowl of pozole. It says the main ingredient I'm here canceled. is homily. I just oh no, I'm it. sorry, hominy. <laughs> It's yeah the the main the main factor that makes it pozole is it's a stew or a soup that mm. features hominy which is uh flour that, corn the like the kind of, of corn they give you at a Catholic mass no it's the <laughs> it's the corn they use to grind to make tortillas ah. so it's not sweet corn it's it's uh, more starchy and it's mm-hmm. bigger um yeah and so well, this is it, the thing i think that's integral to a good super stew is you need a sort of starch in there to you know you know give it a texture. little body yeah exactly yeah yeah you want to love that you want to thicken it up um, I mean, we are, this we are, isn't that we are thick. well known as a pro bowl podcast so anything yeah. that can be served in a bowl is really really what we're about i'm even serving now, things that shouldn't be served in a bowl in a bowl I eat most things out of a bowl. I the yeah. other day, like or, or, like I say, the other day, like a year or two ago, I realized like plates suck. They do. Like, they why? Yeah, it's a yeah. They're uh, it's yeah. inferior. Yeah. Why this would I choose? Thing. I made uh, for breakfast this week. I made some hash browns, eggs, and uh, uh, bacon, and I was going to put it on a plate, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to mix this all together anyway. It's going in the bowl. It's going in the bowl. It just makes more sense. Yeah. So, pozole, yeah, for those a, of you who don't... a sandwich in a bowl. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who don't know, it's, like, uh, made of, like, chilies that you roast, and then you soften, and you blend them up and make them into a liquid, and you pour that into the, the a broth, and usually there's a meat, like chicken or pork, um, and then you get this soup, and you put in... When it's hot, you throw in some cabbage and some radishes mm. and you squeeze lime into it. And so it adds this like oh. crunchy texture with this like sour. Te- it's like I may have to investigate this because this seems like something so that, that I could make in like an instant pot. Or, oh, you know, oh slow for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's it's delicious. Something um, that if I can just throw it in there, turn it on and then go in like, I don't know, 
uh, you know, uh, uh, it's a little bit more labor involved in that, but they do make simple recipes. I'll, I'll shoot some your way. Okay, yeah. But the crazy thing about pozole is like historians are fairly sure that at least like one version of it started as the soup that they would serve human flesh in. When like Aztecs uh, yeah, sacrificed and that's, people, that's the kind that you're eating. I think uh, it's important <laughs> yeah. to note. <laughs> uh, mine has mine has like uh, it's a stew of human flesh and adrenochrome. Well, and, and, like the the you know the Spaniards were like, bro, just just use pigs, mm. and they're like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> that's that's much easier. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot a lot less work, a lot less. I mean, still same amount of screaming, um, but. <laughs> Oh, oof. um, oh, oh, I'm triggering dear. all of our <laughs> vegan listeners. I'm sorry. That was insensitive of me. You know who um, likes, you know, who likes the uh, Aztec human pozole? Alex Jones. I will eat your ass. That's what he was talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyhow, send me your soups. I think I'm going to try next. I'm going to try caldo verde. I've never had mm. it. So I don't know what it's supposed to be like, but it looks very good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like a Portuguese potato, kale, and sausage thing. Well, I mean, like, how can you go wrong? But send me your soups. Send me your recipes. Send me what you're into. I want to... I wanna... Send Aaron your soups. Yeah. We, um, yeah. The other, Speaking they're of just soups. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, remember Snapple? I do. Dude, I haven't thought about Snapple in so long. I know. This is an observation I made is that like Snapple just kind of disappeared. Like I don't even know. I've been down the beverage aisle at my at my local grocery, you know, several times recently. I don't know that I've seen Snapple. Not that I've, you know, been looking for it, but like I think it's probably there, but we've probably developed Snapple become, blindness. Yeah. But I just remember, you know, like in the late nineties, early two thousands, Snapple was was huge. You know, you had to get everything. you got to pop the cap and read the uh, and read the little factoid, you know. I remember used to there used to be tons of, of vending machines for Snapple and you just don't see that anymore. I'm just I have to be what, what happened to Snapple? I have to be honest, I never really liked it that much. To me, well, it was thing, just it, like it was kind of unremarkable. Eh, yeah. <laughs> it was just sugar water, it seemed like. It it wasn't wasn't yeah. anything special. Good so, news, by the way, in case you're wondering, uh, Wikipedia has a list of disputed Snapple facts uh, in case you disputed, need to go and check. Disputed Snapple facts. Yeah, some of the Snapple facts which have shown to be either false, exaggerated, or misleading, or outdated, um, which, you know, <laughs> as the case may be. An example is caller ID is illegal in California. Um, not um, true. <laughs> what? That was a Snapple fact? That was a Snapple fact. Uh Yeah. Hmm. Some of these were tested by Mythbusters, which shows you how important Snapple was to the culture. Mythbusters, too, was like it was in that same era, you know? Yeah, you know, I listen, Papa Snapple, watch Mythbusters. I got to come clean here. My iPod Nano. (laughs) I got to come clean. Like, I was never into Mythbusters either. I know that. Mm. I know for our audience, particularly, this is going to be, I'm going to get canceled for it. You're fired. Yeah. But I just, sorry. Um, I mean, maybe that was just a rough time for me. That well, you know, I thinking back you, on that you era, have, you have watched MythBusters, correct? I've yeah, I've seen them. So I've seen them. Who's your least favorite of the MythBusters? The 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 lady. Okay. Because um, hmm. I'm just gonna be sexist. Yeah. Uh, no, wait. Now you know you, now what? You really are canceled. <laughs> 
I don't know. I actually liked all of them. They seemed like decent, like interesting people, but mm-hmm. like, um, the experiments were never scientific enough for me. And I get oh, that yeah. it was like, like a TV a show, <laughs> but I'm, but I'm like a problem solving mind. Like, yeah, my brain like can't turn off that side let of me, it. Let and me I was see just the like, force curve of that sensor. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, wait a minute. This experiment is Yeah. Like, it was definitely science entertainment, you know, it wasn't <clears> yeah. like, show like Nova or whatever. You know? That's kind of why I liked like Bill Nye or, uh, who was the guy with the rat, uh, Beekman's world, you know, like oh, yeah. that kind of stuff was like mm-hmm. very, yes, this is science entertainment. Like, you know what you're getting Mythbusters. The problem about Mythbusters, and I'm not saying this applies to you like or our listeners, blend was more scientific but, than Mythbusters in some <laughs> but cases. But Mythbusters applied, it like attracted a particular kind of dumb guy. Oh yeah, who just you know, glommed onto it, and it was I, like, "Did you know?" And I'm like, "No." If I may stop. coin a phrase, it attracted uh, it. It had the uh, the uh, um, the uh, oh god, what is the show? The the um, the Big Bang Theory effect of attracting uh, like uh-huh. the the folks who are like <laughs> nerds are funny <laughs> <laughs> and think that like that's a realistic depiction of you know the, you know that kind of person. Or just uh, people who weren't smart, but it made them feel smart, you know? Right. Yeah. And that's well, the same well, thing that... busted that one. Yeah, and it's like, okay. it gives them just enough information to make a reference, Mythbusters but they don't have any knowledge. Mythbusters also a cement truck for no reason, so, you know. <laughs> I, I mean, I liked, I liked it when they're, like, shooting things out of a cannon, out of at a pig carcass. That's fun. Yeah. Everyone enjoys that. But, like... Mm-hmm. I just, it, I, I don't know. Maybe it was the people. Maybe that's what it was. And maybe that was what it was for Snapple too. Cause it attracted the same kind of people who were like, well, I know a fact cause I read it Snapple off of the Snapple lid. And I'm like, I actually don't think that's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, you know, lately, um, all beverage companies have taken to putting like, you know, um, some sort of rewards points under the cap instead so that they can get your personal information. So, yeah. And we yeah. love that. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of personal information, it's time for an ad. Um, this week we're sponsored. Let me get my paper out. It's such good foley work every week with the papers. Oh, geez, he's in a hurricane. <laughs> Sorry, it's a big paper. <laughs> a big tor- um, tornado just came through. <laughs> uh, this week uh, we're sponsored by. The Name Guys Emporium of Guy Names. Mm. Do you ever do you ever need a guy name? Oh, all the time. All the time. Yeah. yeah. Well, y- y- they got you, you know? Um, uh-huh. They've given us some examples, um, okay. which I think everyone will be, uh, it'll be applicable to them. Do you ever need an Icelandic baker? All the time for my gritty, my gritty uh, gray colored drama about uh, right. murder suicide investigation they got, in Iceland. They got a name. They got a name for you, uh-huh. Sigrid Yeast. Okay, I like that. I like pretty that. good. It's clever. It's clever. Uh, I fly under the radar a little bit. Yeah. You need a British fancy lad. Oh, I always need a British fancy lad. <laughs> Willem Jarvis York Weavingly the Third. Mm, Baronet of Clunthorpston. Clunthorpston. We've all been there. We, um, yeah, it's just up the street from 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 uh, South Clumthorpston. Right, right, and Sussex and, and Bermondshire Wollumstone. Bermondshire. <laughs> how about how about this? Uh, a new Mexican terracotta, terracotta artist mm-hmm. named Clay. 
Oh, very good. Very good. <laughs> just I, say, get, just I get it. I get that you one. You get it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let me turn this paper over. It's, it's very big. Um, <laughs> just sending you massive. It's I don't one know of those, why. It's one of those three-panel uh, uh, foam-backed paperboard <laughs> things at like a science it's, fair. And, it, and it's like folded like it's, eight right. times. It's enormous. I don't, it's, it's very hard to open. It's like, open. you know, opening like a chess or checkers board, oh, but buddy. it's like... But it's like it's eight different ways. Long. Yeah. <laughs> Very hard. Um, um, a New Jersey mob boss. Mm. You need, mm-hmm. need, a name, need a name for that guy? Mm-hmm. Vincenzo Cordialoni, a.k.a. Big Gabagool. A Gabagool. 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 Um, a leftist podcaster. Oh, boy. Here we go. Jo- Jonk pre- Bunderman. Oh, I was prepared to be owned by that one, but... Uh... <laughs> Andrew Houston. <laughs> Got him. Jonk Bunderman, uh, related to Johannes Vonk of the Clonks. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. Of the Clonks. Yeah. Um, TikTok influencer Chaz Finks. Mm, okay. Yeah. The teenagers love the, Chaz Finks. I can Finks. see the hairstyle and the like shirt that's way too mm-hmm. long. Mm-hmm. 12 foot long the, shirt. The lockets, all of yeah. the lockets. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. A, a tweeter. Who talks about crystals and veganism? Mm. Elohim Finkelstein. That one's weird. I don't. That's getting a little, a little anti-Semitic. That was a little. Mm, that one's a mm. little. Uh, a little. Do on better, the nose. guys. Wait, no, Do not better. on the nose. Crap, no. Somehow there's three sides to this paper. Uh, <laughs> quantum paper. <laughs> quantum paper. <laughs> the that that dude at the gym who grunts way too hard. Yeah, we all Chuz, know that guy. Chuz Funks. Chuz Funks. Chuz Chuz Funks. Big Chuz Funk's delightful lunk. <laughs> Your friendly Chuz Funk's delightful hunk. A, stu- a student, owns, a owns student a dog athlete. Named this is the. La- <laughs> a student I athlete. I want to watch this sitcom now. A student. Uh, well, his, his roommate is a student athlete named Rod Gapple. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He does, Guys, he does rowing. Yeah. Yeah. Of course he does. His his um, father was named Prescott Gapple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Clay, I don't know. Claiborne maybe they should Prescott hire us. Gapple. <laughs> maybe they should hire us. It sounds like. I mean, hey, maybe don't hire them. Just come this to us. The thing is, you, need- you know, I'm just thinking of names of real guys, and some of them are too good to make up. Like, there's a senator who was named Claiborne Pell. <laughs> <laughs> and you you have George H. W. Bush's father, Prescott Bush, which is Prescott just great. Bush. <laughs> which I like to say Prescott. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you, you know, Prescott, I, I heard about that. Here. I heard that recently on a on a an audio program about yeah, Prescott. Very good, very good. Yeah. Prescott Bush. Um, yeah. yeah, well name guys emporium of names, go uh patronize yeah. them or I mean I guess it turns out guy dot name dot es. I don't know. Somewhere. Somewhere you get Google a name, it. you know. Listen, depending on how much you give them, you get a higher quality name. You know, they spend more yeah. time on it. So right. Yeah. So yeah, just go there. They're our sponsor for this week. Yeah. End of ad. <laughs> bum, 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 um, bum. Actually, the the appropriate music for this segment is. Yes. Yes, comrade. Uh, uh, comrade Tim Allen, who yesterday, as we record this, tweeted, <laughs> tweeted, Karl Marx, Communist Manifesto, Wikipedia, 
which to me I read in the same cadence as like Bear beats Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> I read I read this tweet and then my brain just was like. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those things where your brain, I've talked about this effect before, where it's like your brain pops a fuse or, or, you know, it's like when you trigger like a a ground fault interrupter, like something bad happens and my brain just sort of shuts off to prevent it from from spreading. It's like my brain just sort of goes for a second. Um, Yeah, so he tweeted this. He tweeted Karl Marx with a C, by the way, and he later corrected it. uh, but then later he tweeted, I am sure Mr. Marx would have made adjustments to his position had he been exposed to our country's advanced evolution of worker unions and our protection of child labor. Um, and I just want to say, are you sure about that? <laughs> are you sure about that, buddy? <laughs> I assume this is what he's doing because I understand his uh, television program was recently canceled or, you know, finished up its last season. So I assume he has a lot of time on his hands now. Um, yeah, he's got to he's got to funnel that rage into into yeah. somewhere. He's he doesn't he can't do the cocaine. You know, he's got to stay away from that right. crack. Anyway, he's in, uh, into trouble in the past. Tim Allen, welcome to the DSA. We're glad to have you. <laughs> yeah, you know, it is our member drive. Please use my link in the bio. Uh, uh, you know what? Let me just use this moment actually to talk about this because. Um, oh, please go off. So many of you are joining oh, DSA, which is a thing. That that makes me happy, mm-hmm. um, but the fact that so many of you are joining and not using my link, um, this Aaron, is Aaron. This I, you'll regret Aaron, this, okay? Aaron, I have a confession to make. Oh no! Oh I no! Did, I did. I did join DSA yesterday, <laughs> uh, but I was in a hurry, so I just went to their website. Uh, <laughs> I'm never gonna get that hat. <laughs> What the hat? <laughs> I just want the hat. Just let me buy DSA. Let me buy the hat, okay? Just let me buy it. Does the hat say like I invited a hundred people to DSA and all <laughs> I got was this stupid hat? <laughs> needs, I just need something. Like let me. I just want that. Really, I just want the hat. Like I don't even need the recognition. Well, don't I worry. Just because eventually you will have the riches of the bourgeoisie. So it's okay. Fine. Yeah. So that's fair. Yeah. Use my link. I'm going to put my link in. We're going to have lots of campaign medals and that sort of thing. I don't know. Does DSA have challenge coins? That seems like a thing we should have. No, that does not seem like a thing we should have. DSA challenge coin caucus. Please, no. Uh, How else am I supposed to know that someone's a socialist? I don't know what else they could do that would give it away. That's You know what? That's very true. Usually you can tell by them arguing with you. Um (laughs) <laughs> the, the, the abnormally colored hair and the uh, messenger bag with lots of pins with incendiary slogans on them. <laughs> <laughs> Have you? Do they just blurt out out of the middle of nowhere socialism or barbarism? Because, mm. uh, buddy, <laughs> I think you might have found your yeah. your socialist. Uh! Sorry, I'm, of- go ahead. I'm looking up my 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 link. I'm literally going to yeah. put it in the show notes. And if you're going to be joining DSA. Please, I just please, need, I want the hat. Please click the link. I know like like get, ten people this week, and I I don't the have hat. the hat. Can I get go and hat? like retroactively apply my membership to your link? <laughs> no, I don't yeah, think so. I don't, honestly, I don't care that bad. It. But it's like it's only it's not it's not that I care that much. But it's just, just let me have the hat. You know. For you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> There's my link. Um, you know, one of the things that I think we can agree is that is that we need more representation in our society. 
Uh-huh. Um, you know, we need more diversity, more inclusion, things like that. I'm and, all about that. I'm all about that. We and, need to recognize and lift up all the various diverse identities. Yeah. We need uh, to, you know? I see you. I hear you. Uh, I'm going to put you in a position in the Department of Defense, um, you know, in charge of our Yemen policy or whatever. Um, this is um, a series of tweets from Mika Oyang. Um uh, who said white progressives training their fire on women and women of color who are under consideration to lead the national security departments makes me deeply uncomfortable about their allyship for these communities, especially when the NATSEC community is dominated by white men. Efforts to tar Michelle Flournoy and Susan Rice as warmongers or in the pocket of the defense industry belittles their expertise and experience. Further, it mistakes their personal views for the context in which they served and the president whom they served. Um, so this is, I mean, Literally, there have been political cartoons about this where it's, you know, like uh, <laughs> folks in Yemen who are like, oh, I hope the next drone pilot will be a woman. Um, <laughs> I just read something like this and I'm just like. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so yeah. So this is the thing. So I read this tweet. I sent it to you and then I tapped through to uh, her bio uh, and it says VP at uh, of national security at third way. <laughs> third way good and, old third way and we've talked about third way before that's the like centrist political think tank thing so that's great mm -hmm. um we love it um she then she hasn't deleted these tweets which is remarkable in fact she's gone on to be quite defensive about them um but someone did just reply to her and said it must be really nice to get paid 87 dollars an hour to come on here and post stupid nonsense and posted a line item from third ways you know tax forms uh that has her salary <laughs> on it so um and I, I have to I, say you I know just... what honestly it probably is pretty good to get 87 dollars an hour and say like uh you're being mean to the more mongers uh we need more uh, uh black and indigenous people of color in our imperialism departments please this is so this is the person earlier on in the episode that i talked about just like looking up their their bio mm -hmm. um and they're they're at third way now but like uh oh yeah you did more digging they're they're <laughs> also a former professional staff member of the house permanent select committee on intelligence cool so they they're not even a spook they're like spook a spook adjacent adjacent they're not just adjacent they're like the lamest kind of spook yeah. You know, they're like the paperwork uh take out your trash spook. Like I did learn when I googled uh this person that the third way think tank does something which I find extremely sad, which is that they have clipped like every appearance of their pundits on a uh like uh you know, talk show and put them on YouTube. So you can find a bunch of clips of this woman appearing on like, you know, like MSNBC Morning Joe and stuff like that. And it's like, boy, this is kind of sad. Love a third way supercut. That's just what I need. Please, YouTube, show this to me. You know, no, you the YouTube algorithm is not recommending this to anybody. No. Because it's like, yeah. a, it's just anybody who sees this is just going to be like. Yeah, I'm just, you know. Oh no! It's still gonna go. It's this. That's how much it's gonna radicalize. This it's the thing, you know. It's just I mean, reading a tweet that's like, uh, you know, listen, you're being mean to the you know, white progressives who are being mean to the folks. You know, like, listen, you're not doing good allyship, and it's like, uh, it's not really my issue with you know. <laughs> I kind of have an I issue. Don't think with the you've identified the, the problem. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Anyway. Um, also related to this, this sort of thing, um, is, um, the new Call of Duty game, um, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, um, allows you to select non-binary for the gender of your character. 
Yeah. Um, this has made a lot of people very angry. It's made a lot of gamers very angry because, of course, they're all a bunch of crypto fascists, so they're very upset about mm -hmm. this. Yeah. Um, I just think it's sort of silly that it's like, oh, yes, my CIA secret agent who will be airdropping into, you know, third world nations and uh, shooting socialist leaders in the head is non-binary. Thank you very much. <laughs> My tactical operator uses they, them pronouns. Thank you very much. <laughs> I don't know. Is this, is this a sort of representation that, uh, you know, a queer and non-binary folks are clamoring for? Um, I don't want to speak on their behalf, but I'm, I'm but not I'm, confident. I'm pretty sure it's not. I'll let them, you know, speak for themselves. Finally, but, uh, finally. Uh, speaking of like uh, uh, disenfranchised minorities, oh buddy, um, <laughs> we our we buddy, did, we both agreed, Aaron and I, before we started recording, um, that we didn't want to talk about this, but we would be remiss not to mention it, given how often we have mentioned um, Matthew Church's uh, Matt Iglesias on the program. Um, he had some personal news this week, which is that he's leaving Vox. Uh, we really uh, have to share this because... Asterisk sort of parentheses, he's not actually leaving Vox completely, but... <laughs> we had to share uh, this because it, it, we have to, if, not, if nothing else, you know, continue the cycle of Matthew's hero's journey. And I right. feel like people would be disappointed if they didn't know the next chapter in that saga. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so Matt Iglesias is leaving Vox um, mm -hmm. for, you know, like uh, vaguely cancel culture related reasons. He did an interview with Connor Friedersdorf, Friedersdorf at The Atlantic. Um, Connor is a guy who is one of these cancel culture type goofballs as well. Like he's stepped in it on Twitter quite a lot of times. I can't think of a particular example, but I know that he he bubbles up. Connor on my tricked timeline. me when I first when I first was like seeing mm. my way out of being a Republican. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this guy is cool. He's like surfing or something in but he's like okay i like him because he wrote some good article on something and then it's like oh no oh no oh no every time he says something yeah um so this is a sort of remarkable it, you know basically what i need you to understand is that this is a very sympathetic interview you know who i'd really like yeah. to see interview Matt Iglesias is uh, like isaac chotner please if we could get that <laughs> that would be great um yeah uh, in this interview, uh, uh, Connor says, but his abs Matt's absence as a staffer, a Vox spokesperson noted that he will continue to host a podcast, The Weeds, will make the publication he co-founded less ideologically diverse at a moment when negative polarization makes that attribute important to the country. And again, I would like to simply ask, are you sure about that? Mm. Um some things that Matt said. He said he believes that certain voguish positions are substantively wrong, for example, uh, abolishing or defunding the police, and that such arguments, as well as rhetorical fights over terms like Latinx, alienate many people from progressive politics and the Democratic Party. Um, the fact that he thinks that like abolishing and defunding the police is uh, you know, a distraction from progressive politics rather than an important integral part of it is quite telling. Yeah. Um, basically, what, what they sort of get at, or, you know, um, so like... When Matt himself said, you know, I'm leaving Vox, where he didn't really give a whole lot of good reasons. But what you've come to find from this interview is that it's basically got to do with the fact that um, Matt signed the Harper's letter that we talked about. Um, and that was the letter where they were basically saying, like, we should be able to be transphobic. And it's unfair that we can't be transphobic um, in dog whistles, because, of course, you couldn't actually say that. Um, but... Um, Vox is notable that um, uh, one of their, their notable movie critics is a trans woman so she wrote a letter saying hey uh, it was kind of crappy of Matt to sign this and I'm not really happy about it it makes me feel kind of unsafe and that has apparently sort of um, 
bubbled under the surface. And I think now Matt is like, well, fine, I'll just leave. Um, and that's basically what he's doing. He's going to join Substack, um, which is great. I'm sure he'll have much success there. I'm actually happy for this because it means that we will almost certainly not hear about Matt Iglesias again. Um, because I honestly, if only, cannot... I mean, look, find all of the wood on knock on it, but I yeah. don't think that's true, unfortunately. Well, I just, I think that, you know, I don't know how much success he's going to have with Substack. It feels like, you know, it's like, listen, uh, what I'm going to do is I've been canceled, so I'm quitting. Um, and I'm going to take my ball and go over here to this thing where you can pay me, uh, for my blogs. And I will hope that that's somehow more, mo you more know lucrative. What? <laughs> What's funny about this is like this is supposed to be like uh supposed to make cancel culture as if it exists like right. um feel like a bad thing and like oh no but like if anything it means it works. Well this like, is the thing. We, we did it. We're over here and we're just like <laughs> <laughs> There are angels coming from Africa now. Um <laughs> Well, this is the thing is, you know, this is people have connected this with the previous um, resignations of Andrew Sullivan and Barry Weiss, who also quit their jobs to start Substack newsletters yeah. or whatever the heck. Um, and, and they make a big deal about, oh, I was canceled, uh, which is why I am personally making the decision to leave the institution that I work for. It's like, <laughs> were you forced out? And it's like, no, I just didn't feel like, you know, um, I fit in there. And it's like it's a mutual cancellation. Canceled. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's like, I'm sorry that your coworkers think you're a jerk, but that doesn't mean that you're canceled. That just means that you're a jerk. Um, yeah. You know. Um, <laughs> also, for as much as the people complain about being silenced and like, oh, you know, it's affected my livelihood, they seem to be doing fine. And we seem to hear from them an awful lot. An That's awful lot. That's why I don't I have wish any they faith. they were being silenced. I, I really do. I wish it were true. <laughs> let's let's actually make it happen. It's funny, this, da this uh, David J. Roth tweet uh came up you know right before we started recording and i was like it's a pretty good point he says it's honestly inspiring to me that at this moment of massive and multiple collapse so many of the most recognizable and influential thinker people in the culture have identified their own bad experiences of being on twitter as the most insidious or fascinating threat we face yeah <laughs> like, yeah um naval but, but gazers we, I, I feel like this is not even I, we're sort of bearing the lead here because as we mentioned like he's not completely leaving vox he's still got his foot in the door because he's still going to co-host a podcast so he's not even willing to take the jump like barry weiss did yeah he's not gonna leave the platform yeah. at I all like you also, know uh riley from trash future tweeted uh uh matt has retired to spend time with his one billion children <laughs> thank you riley well, you know, he's really what he's doing is he's he's being the most the most American by mm. by starting a small business. You know, like that's My what these individual Michael substacks Bosch, are. <laughs> and I'm the owner of a small business. What you got to understand is, yes, you're affected by the virus, but I have a small I have a small business. You may you may you may have your opinions, but try running a small business. <laughs> you may have your opinions <laughs> yeah no that's small yeah, business substacks are just uh, small businesses yeah it's the and new I, listen, I haven't, it's my corner store <laughs> i haven't said this but like i am not going to subscribe to each of your individual substacks no, I, it's not I, happening I, like i'm not like i can't afford to pay each of you five dollars a month for your blogs also i don't care about your blogs enough to pay five dollars a month for them so but like even if it's people i like it's just like 
make a make a make a group do like what what you know the fine people at uh the what's it called david j roth's uh defector, oh, defector or yeah. yeah i'll pay for that because that supports a, a raft of writers and i get a lot of good writing from that i don't want yeah i don't want what i don't want to do is pay five dollars and i'm certainly not going to do pay five dollars a month for matt iglesias's shit posts yeah you know? sorry yeah it's not gonna happen I do want to point. But someone, now um, we're not supporting small business, I guess. Yeah. Well, I, we never have. Um, I do want to note here. Some, uh, uh, someone drew a parallel between um, Casey Newton, who was a tech writer for The Verge, recently quit. To um, he had been doing a a newsletter for The Verge in addition to, um, you know, writing articles and stuff, and he basically quit to do the newsletter full time as his own gig. Um, so. Um, someone wrote an article that was like, Matt Iglesias leaves Fox for Substack. Is he doing a Newton or a Sullivan? Basically saying like, oh, is he doing, um, you know, what Glenn Greenwald and Andrew Sullivan did where they leave for Substack because they, you know, say that they've been canceled or whatever? Or is he doing it uh, like Casey Newton did, which is like to engage more with an audience, stuff like that. Um, and it's clear that he is, you know, pretty much doing a Sullivan. But um, yeah. I do want to give props to Casey Newton, who retweeted this column and said, if you're interested in doing a Newton, please get in touch. <laughs> we're doing a newton you know what we have a Substack, don't we we've never put we anything on i've there. sent a single newsletter because it turns out it's hard work <laughs> <laughs> so it's there if you want to subscribe it's to it you won't, I can, our promise you know to you is if you subscribe to it you won't get anything my solemn promise to you is that you will not receive a single additional email if you sign up to our Substack. <laughs> Hand to heart, <laughs> honest to God, you will never receive an email from our Substack. I'm not even going to tell you the web address. You know, you're going to have to search for it yourself. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. I was not prepared for this. I'm trying and I'm learning. Thank you for your patience. There's so many mistakes I have already made, but I'm working to be better day and i think i'm gonna make it but for now i'll say i have no idea what i'm doing